There's a detail, a rather unusual, almost bizarre detail of the mitzvah of Bikurim, which is in itself a beautiful mitzvah of gratitude in which the Jewish farmer would gather his first fruits every year and excitedly take them to Yerushalayim to give to the Kohen in the Beis HaMikdash. And the Mishnayos described the great fanfare with which almost entire villages and communities would gather together and then march towards Yerushalayim with music and flutes and they would adorn the animals that would accompany them and the members of Yerushalayim who generally did not have farms would come out to greet the farmers that they would arrive in the city. It was, it was a whole beautiful ceremony of uh, declaration of uh, gratitude, a brief synopsis of Jewish history as a farmer would uh, present this. So the Torah has a detail that when the farmer would bring his first fruits, v'samta batena, you had to place it in a basket. Well, well what kind of basket did, did they bring? So the Mishnah describes that this was just like many other aspects in, in Jewish life today. There were baskets and there were baskets, just like today. We have menorahs and there were menorahs. There were esrog boxes and there are esrog boxes. Some of those days too. The wealthy would, would make fancy gold and silver baskets and they would bring their fruits in their fancy gold and silver baskets and the poor would bring them in, in wicker baskets made out of reeds. And that's what, uh, that's what they would do, just like today. And everybody brought them in, in whatever they could. What's fascinating is the Mishnah teaches that after the ceremony and the fruits were waved and then given to the Kohanim, the gold and silver baskets that the wealthy would bring would be returned to their owners and they would take them home with them. But the wicker baskets made out of reeds that the poor would bring would be kept by the Kohanim in the base of Mikdash. They would not be returned to the poor to take home. And the Gemara itself makes a comment. It's like as if the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But what's the reason for that? It seems so uh, so backward, so so contrary to what we would have thought that the rich should get their things back, their gold and silver, and the poor they don't get any back even. So on a pshat level, on, on the most basic level of understanding, Rav Aaron Bax gives a beautiful explanation. This was actually done to maintain the dignity of the poor. The wealthy would come with huge amounts of fruits. They had large fields and big trees, many numerous trees of olives and dates and figs and pomegranates. So after they would take everything out, it was a substantial amount, and then we'd give him the bowls back, because we don't really need the bowls. That's not part of the mitzvah. But for the poor, who had a small little farm and maybe a few dates and a handful of grapes and, uh, and a pomegranate or two, if they would have to take them all out of the basket, what they'd be left with would be just a small meager amount. So by leaving it in the whole basket and giving the entire basket to the Kohanim, in the basket you can dress it up, you can put uh, you know, paper on the bottom and leaves and branches, and so it looks fancy and nice, even though it might be meager. So it was actually to maintain the dignity of the poor that we would keep the basket. So they never had to actually empty it out and see exactly what was left. Beautiful idea. But I'd like to share a Hasidic shot as to the meaning of keeping the basket of the poor. That was said by Rabbi David Tolna, one of the Tolna uh, Hasidim. And he says, I'll tell you a Hasidish story. In uh, the days of uh, Europe, of course, the Hasidim had were lived in many of the big cities, and they had lots of Hasidim in the small outlying towns, and they would come to visit regularly. So he tells the story of a Rebbe who once sent to Shamish to announce in a certain town that the Rebbe was coming the following day. So in Shachras, the morning in the small town, there was a clap on the bima, and the Shamish announced, the Rebbe is coming tomorrow. 
One of the poor Hasidim in town came home that day ecstatic. He couldn't contain himself, smiling from ear to ear. His wife says to him, after he comes home from shul, what happened in shul this morning? He says, the Rebbe is coming. I'm so excited. I can't believe the Rebbe is coming to our town. And then very quickly, his entire face turns totally downtrodden. Sabrachan. She says, what happened? He says, I just realized. I remember when the Rebbe comes, there's a minute. It's customary to give the Rebbe a ruble for tzedakah to receive a bracha as a schus. We have nothing. I don't have anything to give him. What am I going to do? His wife says, not to worry. Go gather a few extra grains that you can find uh, out in the back of wheat and I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll make it into some flour. I'll bake some pastries for you. You'll take it to the market and you'll sell them and we'll be able to put together a ruble to give to the Rebbe. Oh, his smile returns. He's so excited. He quickly goes out and they gather what they can to be able to sell some pastries. Meanwhile, in another part of town, one of the wealthier Hasidim of town comes home, Tzabrachin, he's already upset, he walks in the door after Shachris, and his wife says, what happened in shul today? He says, ah, oh, they just announced the Rebbe is coming tomorrow. She says, what's so bad about that, the Rebbe is coming? He says, oh, I remember last year, the Rebbe came, he asked for a 50 ruble donation to help the poor for tzedakah that he should have in his ability, he's going to come again, another, another 50 rubles down the drain. So the Rebbe, the Tolman Rebbe said, this attitude, this is the exact same thing that would happen. The Rebbe doesn't want the 50 rubles from such a person, but the ruble, the one ruble that he got from the Chassid, who was so excited to give it, that's all that he wants. So the Tolman Rebbe said, that's, that's exactly what happens with, with the Bikurim. The poor farmer who's working the fields himself, he goes out there and he sees, he's got a few meager trees and one of them has ripened and he gets so excited, he comes home dancing, the first fruit is ripened, we're going to go to Yerushalayim, we'll be able to give thanks, Tasha. I don't have any basket, what am I going to do? How am I going to show up? His wife says, you go to the marsh and you'll pick up a couple of reeds and together we'll, we'll weave a basket for you, you'll have what you need. And they do so and with great joy, he comes with his meager offerings, but filled with with his gratitude. Meanwhile, down, this, down the road, several workers of the uh, wealthy farmers uh, come into the, the homeowner, the landowner, and they say, the first fruits have ripened. Then he's like, oh, another trip to Yerushalayim. How many times do I have to go to Yerushalayim? I got work to do. Oh, okay, meanwhile, I have to go to Yerushalayim. You know, last year when I was there, I saw Yenem over there had a nice fancy silver basket. I'm going to get the biggest and fanciest, shiniest golden basket. At least when I show up, I should be, I'll be a big gov, or I'll be the big man in campus, big man in town with my, my fancy, my fancy, so the Tolna Rebbe used to say, that's why they would send the silver and gold bowls home. We, we, don't, we don't need these. You, you can take your bowls back. The fruit will take, but everything else is fine. But when the poor come with their small little basket that they wove with their own hands together to come to Shalayim, with that joy, that's, that's what the Rebona Shalom wants. The entire package has become part of the mitzvah, and all of it, all of it stays. I'm always reminded of this, you know, this time of year, you noticed in the, uh, in the Shabbos bulletin, for two reasons I'm reminded. Number one, the Shabbos bulletin is a sign, you know, Rosh Hashanah is coming, we're selling Lulava Menesrog. So the standard said $65. And the Mahudr set, the beautiful set, $75. And I know, I, I know what you're all thinking, like, what, I need to spend the extra $10 for the Lulava Menesrog? What's wrong with the standard set? It's totally fine. 
right? So meanwhile, you spend more than $10 on a cup of coffee and a Danish every morning. Like, this is an opportunity. How many times a year do we have the opportunity to fulfill the mitzvah of Lulu and Esrog? So for an extra $10 to have a mohodr set, like everybody should be running to be able to do so because this is, this is our opportunity to fulfill this mitzvah. We should have that same attitude. But really more than that is reflective of, of this time of year, the type of preparation. And there are two types of simchas that, uh, that we discuss regularly in Jewish thought. One is misamech b'chelko. We should be happy with, with what we have. But there's another type of simcha, which is a much more difficult type of simcha, and that's a simcha b'mitzvah. To be joyous with what we do, not just with what we have, but with what we do. Simcha b'mitzvah, that is, we do a mitzvah, we do it with joy. It's an attitude in the way that we live our lives. That concept we really need to speak about more often. The Rambam writes, it's an avoda rabba. One of the most difficult tasks that we have is that to performing the mitzvahs alone is a task, but to be able to perform them with joy, to perform them with simcha, as Rebbein Bachia writes, that's actually a separate mitzvah. There's the mitzvah to do the mitzvah, and then a separate schar, a separate set of reward for the joy that we did in being able to do the mitzvah. And this, we, we just don't talk about this enough, being able to live our lives and, and doing things recognizing Hashem asked me to do this. I put on tefillin, I wear towels, I write my Shabbos candles, I prepare for Shabbos, I give tzedakah. Not just, I need to do this. It's as if Hashem spoke to me and said, do this. And then I have the joy of being able to fulfill the wishes of the creator of heaven and earth who has asked this of me and I'm able to do so. That is a simcha shel mitzvah. The Arizal revealed to his student, Reb Chaim Vital, that everything that he achieved in his life, the Arizal is a fathers of all the of Kabbalah as we understand it, everything that he achieved was due to the schus of his simcha mitzvah. It's a task. It's a difficult task. Um, but this is really the task of getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. Imagine the difference between standing before the Rebbe Shalom and the heavenly throne on Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Hadin, where a mitzvah was a burden, we got through it, we just wanted to get it over with and fulfill the obligation and check the box, versus standing there saying, I recognize how geschmack to be a Jew, how geschmack to be part of this amazing nation, how geschmack to be a Shomer Torah mitzvah, to be able to fulfill these mitzvahs with, with joy. I'm of this chosen nation being able to fulfill the Ratzon of Hashem. What is greater than that? And therefore, in the less than two weeks that we have left to Rosh Hashanah, just to choose one mitzvah, whether it's a talus, tefillin, lighting Shabbos candles, giving tzedakah, davening, a little bit of Lord, whatever it may be, just choose something. And before doing, just take a moment and just to say to oneself, I'm about to fulfill this mitzvah. And I want to do it with simcha. I want to do it with joy. I want to be able to say that I appreciate it. It's Mamish in this week's parasha also of the terrible curses and calamities. Tachas asher lo avadotos Hashem besimcha Because we didn't serve with joy. It's a recognition of appreciation of what it is that we're doing in life. What the purpose of this is and how blessed we are. Geshmak to be a yid and to be able to do things with joy. To have that one ruble is so much more valuable than the 50 if it's given with joy. And the wicker basket of the, of the poor, he comes and he gives Hashem everything that he has. There's nothing more that Hashem wants for us than to be able to see the, the simcha that we have fulfilling Torah mitzvahs. We should be zeichet to be able to always do so and to stand in preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Indeed, out of a two weeks of preparation of doing all of our mitzvahs with great joy.